Wherever you may be coming from or dealing with today, you know the Lord is in this place to touch your life and to give you the strength that you need. Amen. We are thankful for what the Lord is doing in our midst. I do want to tell you that we are inching closer and closer to our ultimate goal in ready now. Everybody say ready now. Amen. Ready now. We are currently sitting at 1,879,846.66. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know that we have an ultimate goal of $3.6 million uh, for ready now. And we, we'd love to get to that two million mark before the end of the year. We have about $121,000 left to get to that two million mark. We've got three more Sundays and a New Year's Eve service to do it. Amen. God is able and His people are willing. So we're just believing the Lord to have His perfect will. Amen. And we just ask all of us to think about what we can do to be prayerful and to continue on this trajectory to having a new building. I, I'm already shouting in that new building. I'm already, I'm already running those aisles, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I can't wait till we can all do it together for the glory of the Lord. And I thank you for your giving. I thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you for, for believing in the vision that God has given to the Tree of Life Church. Amen. And we're going to accomplish that vision uh, for the glory of the Lord. And of course, again, December 31st is fast approaching. If you want to get uh, get in before the end of the year, uh, that would be a wonderful thing. God will bless you, I know. I do want to also mention to you something on a, a, a little bit of a personal uh, basis. Uh, as you, many of you know, most of you know, uh, my oldest daughter is working on making an old man out of me. Amen. And she is getting married next month, January 2020. And uh, we, are, uh, we, we are blessed. She is marrying Zachary Glasgow. He's a wonderful young man. They make a wonderful couple. They both have accepted a call to the ministry. And we thank the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord for what he's doing in their life. And uh, to God be the glory. So I guess if that's getting to be an old man, that's all right. Amen. Amen. I, I told her, I said, uh, now you can't be going making me a grandpa urchin anytime soon. Lord, now y'all are all going to have to pray for me when they say it's the dread, though, that's the worst thing. When the baby should, could arrive and, and Lord willing, one day way down the road that it takes away all that all that uh, anxiousness because of the joy of having a little one around but but right now we're just talking about the wedding amen and I wanted to tell you that it is our heart's desire to have all of Tree of Life Church to be able to celebrate with Anna and Zach and yet because of the limitation uh, to our venue that's not going to be possible to have all of Tree of Life at the actual ceremony. And so what we are going to do is we're going to have an open house that is open to everybody to come and celebrate with Zach and Anna following the, uh, after the wedding ceremony and the day of the wedding, the, the, after that day, uh, everybody's going to be able to come and celebrate with Anna and Zach. It's been an agonizing situation because we've been trying to make sure we can get as many people as possible. Uh, but Tree of Life grew, and it, it became something that the venue uh, would not be able to sustain. And so I trust that you understand. If you uh, do not receive an actual invitation to the actual day of the wedding, please understand uh, that it is our desire that you could be there. And don't take it personal. If you take it personal... I'm going to run over there and give you a great big hug to make sure you understand it is not personal. But we have learned that our venue will not sustain the amount after we've calculated all of the family 
even that will be coming in from out of town. And so, so please understand uh, if, if that is the case, why that is the case. But we are going to have an open house, the date of which and the details about will be announced to you. And we'd love for everybody just to come and say hello to the bride and groom and uh, greet them and, and let them know that you love them. Because Tree of Life is so important to us and uh, we want you to know that you are like family to us. You are our family. And we want you to be a part of this momentous occasion. Amen. And I thank you. I do thank you in advance for your understanding. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And uh, God is doing great things in our midst. And we're, we're grateful to the Lord for, for all that he's done. And uh, we do have a, a wonderful feeling. If you're here for the first time, I want you to know this is the only time you'll be a guest. After this, we just, we just want you to know you're among family, you're among friends, you're among people who have your back, and you're not going to have to go through your challenges alone because you've got a family here at Tree of Life Church that's going to go through those challenges with you. This morning, I would like to invite your attention to the Gospel according to Luke, the Gospel according to Luke and the second chapter. Uh, I want to begin reading from the first verse of Luke chapter 2. And uh, if you're familiar with the book of Luke, you probably know about where I'm headed. We're talking about the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. The word of the Lord says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed. He was there to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And I want to preach to you today about this unique, period of time in history surrounding the birth of our Savior. And I want to preach to you on the subject, when all the world was taxed. When all the world was taxed. Could we look to the Lord together in prayer, asking Him to bless His Word this morning. Mighty God, we love you and thank you for this gathering of your people. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would minister through your word and by your Holy Spirit. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name, to receive from you, Lord, exactly what you would speak to us. Help us, Lord. You know where each of us are. And I pray, O oh God, that your word would minister unto us life. Hallelujah. Minister unto us peace. Minister unto us love and joy and hope. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It is one of the most heartwarming scenes this time of year. When you stop and consider the, what we would call the nativity. This scene of Joseph and Mary sojourning across the landscape of the ancient world, looking for some kind of place to lay their heads, some kind of place to find rest. As you know, Mary, the scripture says, was great with child. Now, I've... Of course, I've just talked about my daughter growing up. I remember when she was born, too. And I remember when my youngest daughter was born. And I remember when my wife was carrying them. And, and uh, 
making sure that everything was just right was of utmost importance. I was on pins and needles waiting for the announcement that it's time to go to the hospital. And, and cannot imagine what it must have felt like to be exposed to the elements of the desert nights trying to get to Bethlehem so that she could be where she needed to be for this moment. Now, the reason they were going to Bethlehem was because there had gone out a decree from Caesar Augustus, the emperor of the then known world. This decree, it is believed, stretched across the Roman Empire and touched the lives of everyone with whom it came in contact. And some people have debated when the Bible says taxed, that all the world would be taxed. They have debated whether that means actual taxation or if that meant a mere census. But what is not in dispute is the fact that even if it were a census, the goal was taxation. All the world, all the world, not a soul spared, all the world would be taxed. And here is Joseph and Mary. It came at the worst possible time. Man, don't you think they could have arranged this at a better time? No, no, no. They're going to pick the nine-month mark of when I'm going to deliver this baby that has been promised to us and we have to uproot ourselves. We have to dislodge ourselves. We have to dislocate ourselves and we have to relocate ourselves out of Nazareth and to Bethlehem so that we can be where we need to be for the taxation. That seems inconvenient. That seems problematic. But in reality, the scripture teaches us that it was prophetic. The Bible said from the prophet Micah, who boldly declared, after describing the plight of Israel and Jerusalem, talking about the sins of the people and how that the sins are going to bring destruction upon them, only to comfort them by saying, however, there will be a ruler to come. And this ruler will come with great power and great authority. And then he just inexplicably singles out this small little place. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. And he said, Bethlehem, I know you're small, I know you're little. But out of you is going to come the ruler that I'm describing. And it was shortly thereafter that he described what does the Lord require of thee but to love mercy, Jew justly, and walk humbly before thy God. It was shortly thereafter that he said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall I shall arise. But he said before all of that, Bethlehem, among the many thousands of Judah, God could have selected any greater place. I mean, any place is bigger Better has more to offer than Bethlehem. But out of you, Bethlehem, we're going to see the great ruler that the Lord has promised arise out of little, small Bethlehem. Do not underestimate small things. Do not underestimate small efforts. Do not underestimate small sacrifices. Do not underestimate small commitments. That you make to God. Out of those small things, God brings greatness. Hallelujah. Joseph and Mary could have balked at this idea. Why do I have to get up out of Nazareth and move to Bethlehem? Why do I have to go relocate myself because of this taxation? How inconvenient. There are so many things in life that come our way that seem inconvenient that seem problematic, that do not fit our agenda and they don't fit our schedule, but they do fit God's plan for our lives. 
God had a plan for Joseph. God had a plan for Mary. God had a plan for that child which was in her, which is conceived in her of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, trust me. I know you don't appreciate the taxation. I know you don't appreciate the financial burden that it places on you. I know you're not happy about how all of this is turning out. But trust me, I have a plan for your life. And I'm going to take you through the midnight hours. I'm going to wind you in and out of various cities. And there are other cities that may be appealing, but I'm taking you to your hometown, the little town of Bethlehem. And there you're going to be taxed. And, and Joseph and Mary went through with it. They arrive in Bethlehem. The Christ child is born and thus is fulfilled the ancient prophecy of the prophet Micah that he would be born in Bethlehem and would rise up out of Bethlehem. You and I have to trust and we have to believe that when we obey the Lord, the Lord is going to work all things out to accomplish his prophetic plan in our life. We cannot believe or think that somehow these problems don't fit a master plan. They do fit a master plan. God has it under control. God is leading and ordering the steps of your life. Oh, hallelujah. And so sometimes it takes taxation to do that. I remember the first time I came in contact with this idea of taxes. I was a teenage preacher, and uh, as a teenage preacher, I was self-employed. I was traveling every single week of my life, and I was traveling different places to preach. And I lived off of just the goodwill of God's people who said, I want to bless this preacher for preaching the Word of God. And so, so they would give uh, what's called a love offering, and we would receive the love offering. And, um, and I thought, well... This is what I'm going to do with my life. And so I, I've been doing it ever since, just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I remember the Lord was blessing, and, and I, I, I remember receiving a love offering uh, here and there. And, and I was trying to maybe put some of it back in order to, to build a little uh, life for myself. And, and, uh, and felt like, Lord, you've got your hand on this, and I'm trusting you, and, and I'm believing for the best, and hopefully good things will come. And and then uh, uh, April 15th um, showed up on the calendar. And I had, never, I had never had, to my knowledge, a bad April 15th before that day. April 15th, otherwise known in my world at that time as the apocalypse, uh, came. And see, when you're self-employed, you're both the employee and the employer. So you have to pay the employee's portion of the taxes, and you have to play, pay the employer's portion of the taxes. I didn't know any of that when I was a teenager, just trying to do a little work for Jesus. And, uh, man, I thought Texas was a, a state down south, you know, down close to the border. I had no idea what this monster was. <laughs> And, and I'll never forget, and, and I'm going through all the, 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 the accountant is helping me kind of figure this out, and we're going through numbers and figures, and we're calculating this and calculating that, and I'm just kind of thinking, well, you know, that's what this is. You're going you're gonna to have, listen, you're going to have to pay something. I know that's right, so I'm just kind of waiting for the outcome. And when it was announced, I wasn't prepared for that announcement. I had a friend of mine who who was, he was, in, well, he was in law school. He was very, uh, he felt, he felt very, uh, felt like it was very good for people to pay large portions of taxes. Thought that was a really good idea. And so he had a very uh, uh, liberal view of how the government should, should impose taxes and how people should pay taxes. And I had a more conservative view because of that April 15th day in which my whole world was, was, turned and I had to reconsider and reassess. So we would debate this. I had more conservative view of taxes. He had a more liberal view of taxes and we would debate and debate and I felt like that, uh, that the government should conserve its taxing power. He felt like the government should have full liberality with its taxing power. A few years ago I, I ran into him and we had a conversation and 
I noticed he was much more conservative in his view. I said, hey, man, I just want to ask you, what happened? He said, well, I started getting these paychecks, see, and, and when the paychecks arrived, I started looking at just how much they were taking, and I worked hard for that money. Long hours I put in, and, and then they just come in with a chainsaw and saw off a portion and take it, and, and I don't even know what they're doing with it. I know some of what they're doing with it, but then I'm not sure everything they're doing with it. And so taxation is it's a challenge, ladies and gentlemen. So when Joseph and Mary heard this news, hey, you better get where you need to be because you're going to be counted in a census and you're going to be taxed. In fact, not just you, but all the world is going to be taxed. Somebody made the cynical and skeptical statement, there are two certainties in life, death and taxes. And what they're saying is, is, that, is that taxes are something you can't control, just like death isn't something you can control. Now, we are blessed, ladies and gentlemen, in the United States of America because we have a say in some of these things. We're able to go to a ballot box and we're able to vote. We're able to vote for taxes we do and don't want. We're able to vote for candidates we do and don't want. We're able, if they start doing things we don't like, we're able to send them letters, make phone calls. We don't have to worry about some kind of a, some kind of a backlash. And we are able to speak up and we take it for granted. But, but in those days, Joseph and Mary, they didn't have that kind of opportunity to speak up against the powers that be. In those days could be certain death. And it was something that, that was a challenge not just to them, but to all the world. And, and it was a certainty that, that, that everybody was going to be taxed. In America, if you don't like the taxes in one state, you can move to another state. There's been an exodus from the state of New York whose taxes have gone sky high down to the state of Florida where there is no state tax. And then they've lost 64,000 people just in the last year from New York to Florida. And, but Joseph and Mary couldn't go from New York to Florida. No matter where they went, they were going to be taxed. They weren't able to, they weren't able to put their money into a, a, a tax-deferred retirement account. They weren't able to go put their money in some pre-tax IRA to shelter it and, and maybe, maybe pay tax later or, or pay tax now and not later, tax deferred, pre-tax. They didn't have these options. It was simply the tax is coming and you had better get where you need to be in order to be taxed. That was the world they're living in. And that's the world that's similar spiritually speaking, that all of us live in. There are some things, spiritually speaking, that nobody in the world can escape. And it taxes us. It drains us. It seems unfair to us. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the rain falls on the unjust. The Bible said that it's indiscriminate where the rain falls. Just recently, I was sitting on an airplane, and the person next to me asked me, what do I do? I said, I'm a pastor. They said later on the plane ride, they said, I have a question for you, pastor. I want to know why do bad things happen to good people? It is a common question that I receive in dealing with people. Why is it that there is suffering in our world? Why is there starvation in our world? Why is there hurt in our world? Why is there death in our world? I explained to them as I'll explain to you. We're living in a fallen world. And when Adam and Eve committed the transgression in the Garden of Eden, all the world was taxed with the law of sin and death. You have to understand that the world we're living in is not our home. The world that we're living in is not a place where you should grow comfortable. I know you might have dreams and you might have aspirations and you might have big plans. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I am going to have to be the bearer of bad news. I'm the bearer of bad news in this sense. I need to tell you, you cannot boast yourself of tomorrow. In one small accident, 
your whole dream and aspiration can come crashing down. In one unplanned maneuvering of another automobile driver, your whole world can come on this world, in this earth, to a screeching halt. You can't control that. You can't control that. You can do your best. You can dot your I's. You can cross your T's. We often tell our loved ones, be careful on the road. I will be careful. I'm always careful. It's not you I'm worried about. It's the other person who's not being careful, texting and driving, drinking and driving. There are things in this world that are uncertain, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't know what's lurking around the corner. And you don't know what's lurking even in your own body. I, I again, hate to be the bearer of bad news. But it's the fact of the matter, and we're foolhardy to ignore it, that there could be something lurking in your own body wreaking havoc in, in ways you didn't imagine, couldn't imagine. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh my, this has developed and I don't, I don't know where it came from and I don't know why it has developed. It doesn't make any sense to me and it taxes you and it drains you and it cuts in half all that you've worked for and it pulls from you the many resources that you thought you had at your disposal and it repositions you you've got to get up like joseph and mary did you've got to get up from where you have been comfortable and you've got to make your way to a place that you didn't have any intention on going there are people ladies and gentlemen who even now sit under the sound of my voice and you're here today not because it was always your plan to be a church-going person. You're here today not because it was your plan to somehow be a person who serves the Lord. But taxation came. Problems arose. Circumstances began to spiral out of control. Situations became difficult. And you began to look, where can I go? The old song said, where can I go? Where can I go to seek a shelter from the storm? Is there a friend? Is there somebody that I can lean on? Is there some place I can take refuge and find a fortress and uh, find a shelter? Now, I didn't just come to be the bearer of bad news. I came also to be the bearer of good news. I've got bad news and I've got good news. The bad news is, yeah, things can get out of control before you realize it. The bad news is, yeah, taxation can come on you and everybody around you. The bad news is there can be problems in your body, in your family, in your relationships, in your world. But the good news is he has come to give you life and that more abundantly the good news is there is power in the blood of Jesus and not just any kind of power there is wonder working power in the blood would you be free from your burden of sin there is power in the blood would you or evil a victory win there is power in the blood power power wonder working power Power in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You could go around this room. You could go to Joseph and Mary. Joseph and Mary, why are you here in Bethlehem? I thought you lived in Nazareth. And they would tell you we did live in Nazareth. We were comfortable in Nazareth. But there came a decree from the emperor that said taxation was coming. We had to get where we needed to be. I'm here because I'm taxed. I'm here because I'm wore out. I'm here because of things that were outside of my control. You could go around this room and you could ask one person after another, why are you here this morning? And they would look you in the eye and they wouldn't say, I'm here because Brother Urshan might get mad if I don't come. They're not going to tell you I'm here because so-and-so guilted me into coming. They're going to tell you I'm here because I need something from the Lord. I'm here because my soul needs refreshing. I'm here because there was taxation on the horizon. I'm here because I was going through a struggle. But I know where my help comes from. 
don't forget where your help comes from. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. How many remember when a sweet hour of prayer began to heal your soul? How many remember when just a little time in his presence began to take away the fear? How many remember when you just opened up the word and began to pray and praise the Lord? That victory came. That deliverance came. That sweet joy came. Don't forget that. Don't let the pressures of life strip you of where you know to go when the taxation comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, 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 don't, 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 don't feel put out. I wish that taxation would have never come. I wish that, that, I wish that sickness would have never been levied. I wish that problem would have never, never been decreed. You can't look at life like that. You can't look at life and regret everything that happened. You, somebody said the best time to make a good decision. Brother Raymond Woodward said the best time to make a good decision is 20 years ago. I thought, well, that's true. Wish I'd have known that 20 years ago, but that's true. And then he said the second best time to make a good decision is today. You can't go back 20 years ago and change what you did or didn't do. You can't go back last week and change what you did or didn't do. But you can start right now saying, Lord, I'm going to the house of bread. I'm going to Bethlehem. I'm going to Bethlehem. I'm going back to prayer. I'm going back to researching the word. I'm going back to commitment and consecration. Why are you here? I'm here because the trouble that arose in my life. But where it led me brought me to a place I never dreamed I would arrive and would not have arrived on my own. I landed right smack dab in the middle of Micah 5-2. I landed right in the square center. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of end time biblical prophecy. You know where you need to be today? You need to be in the middle of Holy Ghost power. You need to be in the middle of the anointing of God flowing through your life. You need to be. Don't Listen, don't go wandering off into this world. There are no shelters in this world. You can't find an area, a tax shelter in this world where you're going to be able to hunker down and find some kind of refuge from all of the problems that are swirling around your life. You've got to get to Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. It's not just you going through it. It's the whole world. All the world is taxed. All the world is broken. All the world is, is broke down and confused. You can't find a person who doesn't have trouble. You can't find a person who isn't battling depression. You can't find a person who isn't battling something in their family that's going awry. You can't find a person who has the perfect marriage. You can't find a person that has everything together. Now, folks put on a good show sometimes, but that's exactly what it is. It's a show, and they're going to crumble one day. They're going to implode one day. Don't put your faith in them. Put your faith in Jesus. I need those who believe what I'm saying and have life experience to back it up to give me a hearty amen. You need to put your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do when all the world is taxed? What do you do when all the world is prone to disease? What do you do when all the world is suffering from war and violence and poverty? What do you do when all the world is spiraling morally? What do you do when all the world is fighting addiction? What do you do when all the world is polarized with hatred? You go to Bethlehem. You go to where the scriptures tell you to go. Go to Bethlehem, Joseph. Go to Bethlehem, Mary. Get up. 
Get up out of your comfort zone. Get up out of your tradition. Get up out of your false doctrine. Get up out of what you think is right but is not right. Get up. Get up out of your laziness. Get up out of your slothfulness. Get up out of your gluttony. Get up out of your bitterness. Get up out of your pride. Oh, I wish I could preach it today like I feel it in my soul. You got to get up out of Nazareth and go to where the Lord tells you to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said Peter preached Jesus on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, it was the first time a message was preached after the Holy Ghost had been poured out. And when the Holy Ghost had been poured out, Peter begins to preach it. And man, did he preach it. He preached Jesus from the prophet Joel. He preached Jesus from the prophet David. He preached Jesus. And when he preached him so thoroughly, the Bible said that when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. When they heard this, what did they hear? They heard that taxes are due. They heard that you, you, you've been living it up, doing what you do, just, just kind of making your own way, just, just kind of thinking you had all this figured out. And now here comes the Word of God trying to explain and to expose to you, you're guilty! And you owe something. There's a sin debt that has to be paid in your life. And it was the first time they knew that and learned that, and they said... What are we going to do? Here we are in Nazareth and we just learned that, that taxes are due and, and, and all the world is taxed. There's nobody who has a solution. What do we do? That's when Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words did he testify and exhort them saying save yourselves from this untoward generation you know what he was doing he was giving them a tax shelter he was telling them, you listen, you're about to be, you're about to be cut in half. You're about to be taken for a ride. You need to take everything you've got and put it into repentance. You need to take everything you've got and put it into baptism in Jesus' name. You need to take everything you've got and put it into the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad I repented of my sins and I'm thankful. Hallelujah. I've been buried in his name. Woo. For he saved my soul from sin. He gave me peace and joy within. I've been buried in his name. And of him I'm not ashamed. I love Jesus best of all. Hallelujah. Here's the amazing thing. When I get into the instrument of Acts 2.38, when I'm buried into the instrument of salvation, I'm sheltered. I'm sheltered. I'm sheltered. I'm sheltered for the taxes levied on me from this world. Glory to God. And when I stand in judgment... And that judgment comes toward me. I'm able to be hid with Christ in God. And Jesus steps forward and said, I paid it all. There's nothing due. He doesn't owe any taxes. He doesn't owe anything. The debt has been paid. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It ought to make you shout. It ought to make you sing. It ought to make you rejoice in the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your circumstances are pulling you from where you've been and taking you to where you need to be. Don't be afraid to take that journey. 
Hallelujah. Go ahead and take that journey. Ooh, now you might be, you know, the Bible says that Joseph and Mary were in this, in this place where the baby had been born. And while they're there, the Bible said some shepherds showed up. And when the shepherds showed up, the shepherds came in saying, Wow! There is a baby we had heard about from the angel of the Lord. Joseph and Mary said, what angel? You want to know why? Because they had too been visited by an angel from the Lord. And the angel said to Joseph, his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And the angel said to Mary, his name shall be Jesus, for he shall save, hakataya, he shall save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. And, and while they're stuck in this stable and stuck in this manger and, and there's no room for them in the inn and nothing's working out and they're starting to question, did we hear from an angel or did we have La Rosa's the night before we had this great vision? What, what in the world is going on? Maybe we're off and God sent a shepherd to show up and say, I heard from the angel too. And the angel said to me, glory to God in the highest honor earth peace goodwill toward men unto you this day in the city of David is the Savior born which is Christ the Lord that's all they needed to hear it's true it's true it's true it's true this is our Savior I know each and every individual is going through something. You've been going through trials. You've been going through tribulation. You've been going through problems and circumstances. And something brought you here today. Something led you here today. You showed up here because the taxation of your world was bearing down on you so hot and heavy. And you're here and you're wondering, is this where I need to be? If I could just be one shepherd to show up in your stable and say, this is where you need to be. Unto you, this day is Savior Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. I want somebody, if you believe his word and are thankful for his mercy in your life, to lift up your hands and give him praise right now. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Woo! Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. That work God is doing inside of you right now, that's of the Holy Ghost. That's not something you've concocted. That's not something you made up. That's the Lord working in your life. Let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and stand with me, if you will, in this house. Come on and stand with me, if you will, in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to hear me now. I want you to hear me now. I'm reaching specifically for those who are under a burden that you cannot bear. I'm reaching specifically for those who realize all everybody has gone through what you're going through, but you don't think you can make it. I want you to know you're going to make it. You're going to make it. <laughs> Listen, you can't stay in Nazareth. You can't stay in Nazareth. You got to get up. You got to get to Bethlehem. You have to get up. You have to come to where God is leading you. So don't stay back in your preconceived notions. Don't stay back in your comfort zone. Get up. What do I do right now, Pastor? I'll tell you exactly what you do right now. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Oh, I feel this in the spirit of the Lord right now. That somebody needs to step out of their seat and come to the front of this place and just adore him. And let him give you shelter.
Let him give you shelter right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I need those who need shelter to come right now in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. In the atmosphere. Oh, yes. And you have carried in the sanctuary. Ah, is here. Woo, Jesus. He's here. God is here. Yes, He is. He is here. He is here. He is here. He is a swing in the sanctuary there is a swing 